Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to become like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that's our mission at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities. We are so grateful for our sisters from around the world who make this podcast possible. And now let's jump into this episode of the More To Be podcast and seek God to equip us to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus every day. On this episode, I'm joined by two of our More To Be coaches, Lisa Short and Dawn Sadler. And we are going to talk probably for a long time about what it means to keep sacred in the holiday season. So welcome, Dawn and Lisa. I'm so glad that you're with us today. So happy to be here. Good morning. Happy to be here. I'm so glad to have you guys here too. It is a Super blessing to see your faces, which is a, a, an opportunity that we get to do when we're recording this podcast. It reminds me of our Coffee with the Coaches episodes that we can uh, see each other. It's good. It's good. So uh, the reason I wanted to do this episode on uh, keeping sacred in the holiday season is really twofold. I think uh, it's really hard in the middle of our evangelical world that collides with our non-evangelical world. Uh, you know, typically by Thanksgiving, everything's decorated for Christmas, and Christmas looks like it's about, you know, Christmas trees and snowmen and gingerbread cookies. And and if we're just living and living and living we can become so indoctrinated about what the holiday should look like. And I find it's really helpful to kind of strip it back and say, well, this is Christmas and why is this significant to us as Christ followers? And what are some of the things that we can do for ourselves to make this season sacred and set apart and different? And what can we do in the context of our families, which I know you both have stories about that, that how, how you have brought Jesus to the forefront of your family traditions. Uh, for me, not growing up in a Christian home, uh, that that was a biggie. How do we do Christmas differently than how I did it growing up? But do we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater uh, was something that that hmm. I really had trouble navigating through. And um, and then I think in this day and age, so we're recording this in October and COVID is still affecting the entire nation. Uh, there are cities and states that are still functioning on limited gatherings. Um, my, my church announced that there won't be a Christmas Eve service. Uh, the, there are kids who aren't going to have Christmas programs at school. And then, you know, the reality, which I have not gotten my brain around yet, is can we even do holidays with family? Um, and in our case, uh, we have hosted every single Christmas at our house with my mother-in-law. And will she be with us? Will she stay over? Will we have to wear masks in our own house for Christmas morning when we're opening up gifts? What, what is going to happen to everything that has been familiar to us in terms of our traditions? 
And, and how do we walk through that process? You know, the grieving, there's going to be a grieving that comes with doing it differently, not being able to see family members, not being able to do the activities that we're used to. And so I think it's really important as we talk about these things today is thinking about, okay, so it's not going to be familiar, but maybe that's a good time to start something new and to, to have the focus on the opportunity uh, rather than the loss. And, you know, not saying we can't grieve in the process, but it's sometimes helpful to be able to set our minds on something uh, different and purposeful uh, in the face of not being able to do what's familiar. So uh, Dawn, maybe we can start with you and, and hear what, what was your traditions like in, in trying to keep Jesus at the forefront of the holiday? So one of the things that both my children who are now grown and adults and both married really love is every Christmas Eve, they would get, we would all get new pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> we do that in our family too. That's really funny. How about you, Lisa? Do you guys do new pajamas? Yep. We always did. And my daughters still do it. I know. Us too. <laughs> so much fun. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Okay. It's so much fun. And it's funny. It Even as fun. adults, they're like, new PJs? <laughs> of <laughs> <Yep>. course. <laughs> so that's something we've always done. And then reading the Christmas story, Christmas Eve. Because that is why we have Christmas. Right. You know, I, I love you know, gathering together as a family. And, um, and we, we often had a lot of extended family with us. And a lot of the extended family weren't real keen on keeping Christ at the center. So it took a little extra effort to do that. But to make sure that we um, read the story from Luke chapter two, um, to really discuss why we have Christmas. And as they grew, bringing into that, that yes, we have Christmas, but Christmas is in the shadow of the cross. And that Christ came as an infant, knowing what his destination was ultimately, that we're blessed to have Christmas, but Easter is the pinnacle, because that helps us to look forward to why um, he came as a babe and why we have Christmas and then ultimately to celebrate his resurrection after his death on the cross. So as they grew, it was a great way to um, help get that focus, not just on the baby, but on the man. Yeah, absolutely. That it, the Christmas story is uh, something that I didn't grow up with. And so the very first Christmas that Stephen and I were married, I guess that was the first Christmas morning that we were together. All the other, when we were dating and engaged, our Christmases were apart because he would go home to West Virginia to be with his family. So his My family- from West Virginia too. Yeah, right, right. So his family would come um, and stay with us. I don't know how that began, but they came to us for Christmas, our first Christmas Eve and uh, stayed over. And so Christmas morning is when we read the Christmas story. 
And uh, my mother-in-law has this tradition of making stolen. Uh, I have to make the recipe, her recipe available if she'll allow me. So her German roots mm -hmm. always have stolen on Christmas morning. So Christmas Eve wow. is spent making stolen. And we get up and the first thing that we do is we uh, open um, Christmas stocking gifts. And then we go to the table, have stolen and read the Christmas story around the table. And then from there, then we go back to mm -hmm. the tree and we unwrap gifts and it's very orderly and methodical, which is very different than my upbringing because for me, it was all about the gifts. And so my sister and I would wake up Christmas morning and we wouldn't be allowed to come out to the living room until they said go. And then we could run out to the living room and there would be two lines of packages from the biggest by the tree to the smallest at the other side of the living room, kind of like in a horseshoe shape. And I would always be like on the right, my sister would always be on the left and we would just tear through all the gifts and that was Christmas. And then when you're done, you're like, oh, that's it. And that was the hmm. end of Christmas. So it was this real shock to have this very like controlled, thoughtful, meditative, you know, and as, as the kids have grown up, the Christmas story went from Stephen's mom reading it to Stephen reading it to we each take verses reading it. And so just kind of taking it slower uh, and, and thoughtful. So I thought mm -hmm. that was interesting. Lisa, how about you in, in terms of that kind of tradition? Um, our tradition was um, going to um, the, you know, you go to the mall or your favorite grocery store and they have the Salvation Army um, tree and so each of us would pick someone mm -hmm. and then we would go and buy a gift. And my girls thought that was just the greatest thing to be able to choose something for somebody that they didn't know, but they knew was going to be a blessing yeah. um, to them. And they would get so excited about that. And even as, as they got older, um, they still looked forward to that every year going to do that or going to toys for tots and finding a new toy to put in the box and and even now they still do that that's or amazing. they or they still um they my oldest one has even sponsored soldiers or you know stuff like that and um they just really enjoyed it and i always taught them to um you know this is something that we do and we don't go around announcing that we're doing it. Yeah. You know, we we do it for the joy of doing it and um for you know, it's something that um you know, God gave us Jesus as the ultimate gift. Mm -hmm. Um that he would come and if you know, as Don was talking um, that he would come and eventually give his life for us, mm -hmm. you know, which is the ultimate. And that um, this is something that we can do and we can give to others, but we keep it quiet. We keep it to ourselves because um, we're not supposed to bring attention to our giving. Mm, you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so they loved keeping that secret that this is something that they could do and um enjoy yeah. but they didn't have to go tell people 
<laughs> I love that is a, and yeah. a family bonding in a way because mm -hmm. you can share and that together. It. They love that. <laughs> and I know you're referring to um, Matthew 6. I'm going to just read a couple of verses, the biblical principle. It's important mm -hmm. for those who are listening to really say, where's this coming from? It's not just Lisa's idea. Um, no. It's no. a uh, verse uh, one and chapter six of Matthew says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward with your father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't left, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Yeah. Right. And that is a principle. And uh, Matthew 6, 3 is, is a verse that they know very well. Yeah. You've instilled that into them. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of talked about traditions in terms of like the gift giving and the, the period, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh, is there anything that you do to prepare your hearts for the holiday season to take care of your kind of posture before the Lord, even, even going back like to November, like how do you, how do you navigate December uh, as, as a woman of God? Um, I have daily devotions and prayer time with the Lord and he has to um, come first because you have to um, start with him because I know that if for some reason I don't, my day does not go um, well. And I can feel that. And there is so much. And 2020 has just been such a roller coaster ride for everybody, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, if you can sit at his feet, even for, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, you know, even for a couple minutes for a little devotion, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. You know, it, we have to be still in order to hear him. Yeah, we do. We do. So, you know, going into Christmas with the extra things on our plate doesn't mean to mm -hmm. eliminate the primary things. That, exactly. Yeah, that's what I hear you saying. Don, how about you? I agree completely with both of you. I think making sure that Christ is the priority mm -hmm. still um, and the focus and not getting lost in the hustle and bustle and the, you know, for many people, and I think this this year it's going to be very different, the gatherings that were always such um, a, a, a huge part of the holiday season, one of the things that we've done for years is um, we call it, it's a wonderful life party. <gasps> um, and uh, we would make, I would make huge pans of lasagna and sugar cookies. And we would invite lots of people over and have such sweet fellowship and watch the movie, it's a wonderful life. Mm, wow. But you know, this year that's gonna be different. Yeah. And I think in many ways, and this is my prayer, is that we would be more focused on, you know, we might not be able to get out and be with the people that we normally are, but let's look at what we do have. 
and having a heart of thankfulness yeah centered around christ and that though life is going to look a lot different at the core he has not changed yeah yeah christ is still the same so making him a priority i love the advent calendars mm -hmm. that was another thing that we used to do with the kids growing up yeah. is having the advent calendar and we would read scripture and then they could go open the calendar and um you know kind of keep that in mind also but i think that this year is going to be unique yeah um and how we're able to gather yeah yeah and keep, and keep christ you know at the center of that mm -hmm. yeah there are, are lots of things that are going to change like i'm thinking well we would bake cookies and give them away people aren't going to want to have our homemade baked cookies to give away right like that's going to change or a cookie exchange may not be the thing to do this year and everybody has a different comfort zone so that's that's going to be another thing too how to respect each other's comfort zone versus living by our own so i i have always wanted to really spend time celebrating advent and have never been able to pull it off with the kids and part of it was that coming out of the tradition that I came out of growing up, Advent felt very um, like just religious and empty. Uh, and I think one of the things that I would like to really do this year and was really unique is that all my children will be home for the first time in years for the entire month of December, because when Abby comes home from college, they're not going back until January. So she'll be back for Thanksgiving. I'll have her for the whole month. My daughter is still the oldest one, still living at home of a weekly sit down for a family dinner, read the scriptures that go along with the, the lighting of the Advent candle and having that as our like five really important times that we are just kind of hitting the pause button on everything else and saying, this is this, we're going to do this together. But I know that in order for that to happen means I'm going to have to make some sort of changes on my part. Like I'm going to have to find some margin space in my schedule to make sure I have the scripture readings available, to make sure that I have the meal plan for what we're going to have, to make sure that I've announced to the family, this is when we're eating. So don't, don't, don't schedule something else at that time. And, and so I know that in order to, to relish kind of the 30 days leading up to Christmas will require changing my expectations 30 days before that and beginning to say, okay, how do I, how do I build this extra space into my calendar uh, when I'm already running on, you know, when we talked about this before we got on, I'm already running on, on short fuses of time. So, so that to me of like savoring savoring the moment and some of that I want to go I I probably have spoken this verse on the podcast probably every other episode but Romans I go back to Romans 12 uh two um which I don't even know why I need to look it up because I already know it so it says uh do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and and I really think that that is a biggie for us going into the holidays. Um, 
and I'm going to read it out of the CSB translation. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And I, I, that's what comes to my mind because a lot of what we do is conforming to the patterns of this world, right? So uh, sending Christmas cards is a pattern of this world. Like, I don't see any biblical mandate that says send Christmas cards. That's good, because I haven't done it since my daughter was born in 1995. Right? Uh, I, I mean, it's not commanded. I stopped too. <laughs> okay. So I, I, it, I have weaned. I've weaned off. And um, the, first, so the first phase of weaning was I only sent to the people who sent to me. Mm-hmm. And then the next phase of weaning was I didn't send to anybody. <laughs> and, and so I think that sounds like me. There are, but there are some people that feel like, what will people think of me if I don't send them a Christmas card? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I would challenge that. Well, what are you doing with your time and and resources and and instead? And is that valuable? Is that what God has called you? Maybe God has called you and pressed upon your heart that Christmas cards is actually part of your ministry because this is right. an opportunity this year when you're not going to see people face to face that you're going to take the time not just to throw a picture in a card that, but you're going to actually write a handwritten note uh, reminding who you haven't seen in six months their value, right? Mm. So- so that could be a tradition that actually comes out of 2020, which is very thoughtfully crafted Christmas cards to people that were never on your list before. And maybe mm. that's actually a gift. You can look at it as a Christmas gift to them. Yeah. If you focus the intent of the card on letting them know how thankful you are for them, how they've impacted your life. Right. So being purposeful in the writing, not just scribbling your name at the bottom of right. the card, <laughs> right. you know, but, but taking time to um, invest in them. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, on this Christmas card thing, I have one friend who she, um, she tapes every card that comes up around all of her door frames and she leaves them up until Easter and she prays they they as a family pray for each person every single like they go card by card praying for each person and then when they take them all down at easter everybody's been prayed for at least once wow i know and that's really then taking a pattern of this world and saying no this is going to we're going to use this to change our hearts and mm -hmm. and make this kingdom work, not just material, which I think is powerful. It is powerful. And one wow. thing that I keep hearing as we're talking is it's purposeful. Yeah. It's intentional. It's choosing to take something and, and make it sacred. Yeah. How yeah. powerful it is to pray over those people that sent you cards right. or as you're sending out the cards to yeah. pray for them. Um, you know, it reminds me of, of a scripture that I took very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and it's Deuteronomy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 
chapter six, verse six through nine. And I'm reading from the message. Okay, good. Um, write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts, get them inside of you. And when you get and when, and then get them inside your children, mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about them wherever you are sitting at home or walking in the street, talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall to bed at night, tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder, inscribe them on the doorpost of your homes and on your city gates. Ah. And I was reminded because your friend who took the Christmas cards and she put them around the door frames of yeah. her home. And I imagine a lot of them had scripture. Yeah. Yeah. So how beautiful a reminder that is to then take that and don't just leave them there, but to pray for the people that is powerful. It is mm-hmm. powerful. It is powerful. I think there's a lot of things that we can do that, that put, I mean, this, I got goosebumps, my hair standing on end. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this Deuteronomy passage, I feel like is a, is relevant marching orders for all of us, especially oh, yeah. in context of families. Like how are we imparting Jesus and the, and the gospel in a daily, not just around devotions, right? How mm-hmm. are we living it out? How are we modeling? I yield to God and my heart belongs to him. So what I do with my mind and my body and my heart and my time and, and my energy all reflects that as consistently as humanly possible. I mean, we're all inconsistent. <laughs> we're, we're still all, in the flesh. We're still, yes, we we're are. Totally still in the flesh. And the, uh, the other passage that, that came to my mind, it's because I, I think about this one all the time. It comes from first, um, first Peter 2, 9. Uh, I think it's really important going into the season to remember who we are. Why can't I find scripture in my Bible when I want to? I guess that makes everybody feel better that I can't find it. I made my pages so pretty that I can't, they stick together because I have them washi taped on the end. Um, I keep thinking of, of the scripture. I, of course, can't think of where it is, but of being... Um, in this world but not yeah. being of this world yeah that keeps coming to my mind with all the praying for the cards and you know making it purposeful and and intended because yeah. we are in this world but we're not of this world yeah yeah because yeah. we're lit we're living for the lord yeah and that just keeps coming to my mind as we're talking yeah that's hitting you too and that we're called to be different coming to my mind right and that and just keeps coming to my mind as, as we're talking about these things. Yes. And what we do, how is that going to impact the lives of other people? Right. Exactly. Especially with COVID. How, right. How, what we choose to do being different because mm-hmm. of Christ and we're not of this world in the world, not of this world. How will that speak to those people who don't have that relationship with Christ. Right. When we choose to still be joyful Mm -hmm. in this season, Mm -hmm. being purposeful to still celebrate the goodness of God and the grace and saying, you know, yeah, it's been a really hard year, but God. Exactly. But God, but God, I found the passage. (laughs) I wanted to read it directly. Uh, and so, um, verse uh, nine on First Peter two nine. But you are a chosen race, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises, totally ties in what you're just saying, of those, uh, of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Mm. And this daily, like if we see ourselves chosen as opposed to rejected, mm -hmm. how does that change our countenance and our response? If we see ourselves as a royal priesthood, like we, we are in this world, but not out of this world, right? Right. And if we see ourselves as a holy nation, a set apart people, we are going to look different and feel different than our neighbor. And that isn't to be judgmental. It's not to be uh, self-righteous. It's mm -hmm. just to say, it's just going to look different. Right. Right. And then yeah. a people for his possession, if he owns us, then how are we living differently? And then again, back, you both said this purpose and intentionality and the purpose and intentionality of how we're living is to proclaim the places, the praises of the one who called us out of the darkness, out of this world and into his marvelous light. You're going to mm -hmm. say something, Dawn? I don't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there goes my brain. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's, it's, we can call it COVID brain. <laughs> decision fatigue and life, life adjustment. Well, I, getting back to um, how we reflect this to those around us, it's also an invitation Mm -hmm. inviting them into the joy mm -hmm. the joy of the lord and that reminds me of i believe probably one of the most the verses that is such an anchor yeah. in in my life and that is from nehemiah chapter eight oh. and nehemiah had gathered all the people there um in Israel, in, in Jerusalem to come back. They had been in exile. And I bet a lot of people feel like they've been exiled through yes. COVID. Yeah. Mm. You know, they've been in exile, but he gathered them back and he read, he had the priest read the word of God. Mm -hmm. And they were broken. Their hearts were broken mm -hmm. because they realized that they hadn't been keeping things holy. They weren't being set apart as Christ calls us to be set apart as first Peter reminds us that we are a royal priest. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Nehemiah, because they were weeping, Nehemiah said to them, um, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Mm. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go, eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our God. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that, you know, as we head into this season where we've been separated and that we may, may still be separated, mm -hmm. we can remind each other that the joy of the Lord is our strength and there are ways to connect. Yes, we have to be purposeful. We have to be intentional, mm -hmm. but we can still view it and we can reflect the joy of the Lord to those mm -hmm. who are lost and have a ready answer for why we're joyful. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and as you're saying that though, so here's a couple of things that are going through my mind is that I, I can see the mom who had a dream of recreating a holiday experience for her kids and it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. A family who had a plan to take a big vacation. This was what they've been saving for and now they can't go. Mm-hmm. I, I can, um, you know, and those, it's hard to find joy when there's loss. And I would encourage, like, those are, those are hard, real things. And the, the grief cycle is relevant for anybody who experiences loss of any kind. It doesn't just mean the, the death of a loved one. It means the death of a dream, the mm-hmm. death of an experience. And so, you know, acknowledge that grief cycle and walk through it, that there is going to be crying, that there is going to be sorrow, that there is going to be denial, there's going to be anger, there's going to be bartering, and then there's going to be acceptance. And it's going to be on your timetable, not on somebody else's timetable. But if you, you can get stuck in one of those places, if you don't acknowledge the loss. So by acknowledging the loss, you can move and come out the other side. Yes. And I think that Nehemiah points that out. We need to grieve. We need to mourn. Yeah. We just need to make sure that we don't live there for a long period. Yeah. And, and grief, there is no pattern. There is no set. Okay. I'm here for this long. Then I move on to this stage and then I move on to this stage. It's very fluid. Yeah. You'll, you, you, you don't get to say, well, you know, I'm going to be here for a week and yeah. then I'm going to move on here to a week. And then I'm going to experience this for a week Yeah, yeah, know, in and out. And I think one thing we can remember that even as we're grieving, this is for joy and sorrow commingle. Yes. Yeah. To say, you know, Lord, this is not how I had planned. This is not what I had envisioned. I wanted this holiday season to be and fill in the blank. Yeah. Yes. Young mamas who have planned and, um, you mm. know, wanted a different holiday for their family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to say, Lord, I'm going to grieve that. How can I do this differently? Yeah. 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 And still have joy. Think and as Christians right. and and being different, the one thing that we can hang on to is that no matter what's going on, no matter what 2020 has brought or, you know, will bring in the new season is that God is on his throne. Mm. He has not changed, you know, and he, he doesn't change. And, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is in Colossians 1 15 through 18 and it is he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation for by him all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers Mm. all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things can um consist Mm -hmm. and he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have pre 
eminence. Mm. He is everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can rest in the fact that he is in charge. He's on his throne. And, um, you know, we can rest in 2020. Mm-hmm. We can rest in the coming season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can, like Don said earlier, we can focus on what we do have and what we can make out of this season. And like Lisa was talking about, you know, um, focus on the advent, you know, make new traditions on the family that we can get together with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a touches on where my brain has been uh, in that I, this is about four years ago. I just had this ever loving fit and we were in the middle of decorating the Christmas tree and I just stomped my foot on the ground. I said, I hate this holiday. (laughs) Just hate it. I hate everything about this holiday. (laughs) And my daughter, my oldest looked at me and she's like, mom. And I'm like, I know. She goes, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. It just, it just brings up so much stuff. And she's like, you have spent more time married to dad and raising us than you did from your childhood. Why is that not what's impacting you now? And why are you dealing with all that stuff? And I was like, Ooh, what perspective? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I was like, I could hate you right now, but A, you're my daughter and I won't do that. B, you're speaking truth. So I guess I got to receive it. Right. And I, it, it was, it's a freeze frame for me. I can tell you where I was standing in the living room. I can tell you what I was holding in my hands of like, what am I doing? I was living in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. There was still a little girl inside of me that was grieving lots of losses and lots of d- disappointments. And, and probably, I was in some regard grieving the fact that my parents are not saved. I was grieving the fact that uh, I would never have what my kids have for Christmas, which is both my parents together around the Christmas tree, preaching Jesus, right? Um, I was grieving, you know, what could have been and never was. And it all kind of stems around the, um, this is stupid, but it's real. Uh, we used to put an, um, an angel on the top of the Christmas tree growing up. And three Christmases in a row, I accidentally sat on the angel when she was on the couch and I got yelled at. What is wrong with you that you keep sitting on the angel and breaking it? Mm-hmm. So I decided I did not want an angel on my Christmas tree. But one year, uh, we bought an angel because one of the girls wanted it. And so every year there's this debate between my kids and me. I want to put the star up because it's different. And they want this one angel that we have. And I don't want the angel on the Christmas tree because it reminds me of the angel I sat on and broke. And so that was like, I was literally holding the angel in my hand, which is kind of ironic that it's an angel. But I say, I hate Christmas. (laughs) But, but, you know, I I understand. You can understand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's interesting that you said that because I was talking with my daughter this morning about you know traditions and Christmas and Thanksgiving and I asked her I said um 
you know, did I make it hard when it came to decorating the Christmas tree? Because oh. she said that, um, you know, she might just hire somebody to go and do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so where did that come from? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, what what prompted that? Did I make decorating the Christmas tree uncomfortable and fun? And she said, no, mom, you did, you did, you know, what you could. And then she said, but dad wasn't there very much. Oh. Um, um, my husband was in the military and was often gone she said and when he was home it was awkward so for her it stirs up some very uncomfortable um memories and I said well darling you get to start your own traditions you get to start you know how you want how you and your husband want this to be for you Um, because you know it is hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we do come with things, you know, from childhood. Cause I can remember we do. Um, my dad would get really angry when we were decorating the Christmas tree. Oh dear. So it was like, Oh, very uncomfortable, you know? So I tried to not be that way. <laughs> <laughs> it maybe was too controlling. Maybe. <laughs> So I think these, the holiday season stirs up so much and I'm so thankful we're having this talk because I think it's important not to place on ourselves or others an expectation Mm -hmm. that Christmas has to just be this lighthearted fun and everybody has smiles on their face and pouring out and, you know, the perfect hallmark. Mm -hmm scenario in our head that's not that's not realistic and you're going to encounter hard times in another part of the discussion that my daughter and I had this morning was um last Thanksgiving was hard and I said you know it's kind of uncomfortable but you know what we don't die from being uncomfortable she goes absolutely mom we can handle uncomfortable and if we die we're with Jesus so it's okay oh I love it That's going to be my keeper. That's, That's going to be, be my keeper too. We don't too. die from being uncomfortable. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to use that. Yeah. So being real, and I think that's something else as women, we can model. Mm-hmm. Be real. I mean, have the Holy Spirit guarding your mouth. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, Discerning with, you, with realness. Right. But, but at the same time, he takes um, our messes and, and gives messages. As one of our sweet ladies from our More to Be Coaches net, Network said earlier this week, mm-hmm. does, when we make messes, he gives us messages. So yeah. to be able to be real, and know that yes, the season is meant to be sacred, but we're real. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking at the time and we've got to end because there are people that are going to need to get on with their life. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to need to start being purposeful and prepared. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I think a great challenge to put into place right now is to sit down with the calendar. 
and start blocking some, some time off to yes. give, I think, honestly, not only space for the traditions, but just space to breathe when it's hard. Mm-hmm. We're going to need space to breathe and process. Yes. And I think I like how you said that, put it on the calendar, be intentional, set aside time for you personally with Christ, mm-hmm. set aside time with just your, your immediate family. Yeah. And then widen that right. circle as you can. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be willing to let go the things that aren't life-giving mm-hmm. and, and bring in the things that are uh, yes. the, the grace like you were just saying, Lisa, grace, how can you walk through this sacred season with grace Yes, is really something to think on. So uh, we will have a bunch of resources available at moretobe.com under the, if you go to moretobe.com slash sacred uh, is where we're going to put all of our uh, holiday resources uh, to trigger creativity and direction uh, for you moving forward. And to support you. And I'm wondering, Dawn, would you mind just closing us up in prayer? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. Oh, Father, how we thank you um, for your mercy, for your goodness, for your grace. Mm -hmm. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to celebrate a season first of Thanksgiving, where we rejoice in your abundance and goodness. And then, Lord, as we head into Christmas to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask that this season in particular, we will be mindful of your grace. Lord, that we would extend it to those around us and receive it for ourselves. Father, I pray that all who listen to this message will be encouraged and edified and strengthened and remember that our joy is in you, our Savior. Jesus, we ask all of these things for your sake. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, uh, Lisa and Dawn, for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. What a joy. Love it. Love it. Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to be like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that is our mission here at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically based resources and coaching opportunities.
Thank you for listening to the More To Be podcast. I pray you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. If you're ready to take the next step in aligning your life with God's best, but not sure what that looks like, head over to moretobe.com slash align to take our quiz and find out. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day.